Welcome back, everybody, to the Comedy Castle podcast. I'm Joel Fragameni. We got another giant show for you. I know I'm saying that a lot lately. Got these giant shows. We got giant weekends at the Comedy Castle. And that's what we've got for you today. Two big interviews. Ryan Neemiller, our weekend headliner. Uh, You may know Ryan from America's Got Talent. We talked to him first. And uh, I had a nice interview with Ryan. We, We get along... Quite a bit. Again, I, I said this a few times on this show. I could have talked to this guy all day. Uh, me and Ryan, uh, it all lines up. <laughs> Video games, wrestling, comedy, the whole thing. So we'll talk to Ryan. He's a real treat. And then one of my childhood heroes, Yakov Shmirinov, he's coming to the club on Sunday. And I got 30 minutes to talk to Yakov and uh, unbelievable talk I had with Yakov Shmirinov. I want you guys all stay tuned. We'll talk more about those in a second, but let's talk about what's going on this week at the Comedy Castle, all right? A lot of shows. A lot of fun shows, right? Oh, let's talk about last weekend. All right, here was the thing, and if I'd said this on the show, or I came, if you listen to last week's show, and I came off a little dismissive of an act called the Day Players, who were performing music on Saturday afternoon, four guys from a soap opera, uh, I am here to eat some crow. I am here to to be completely humble and only complimentary to those guys because that was an awesome show. If you came out on Saturday afternoon and saw the day players, it was fantastic. And I, I was literally talking to my girlfriend tonight and I go, you know, that, that day player show was great. And those guys are so fun and they, they were cool to talk to and they weren't divas. They were super nice and. Everybody loved them, and, you know, you got to get your aunties to come out. And it was like, so if the day players ever come back, don't miss that one. Those guys, they, they can play, they can sing, and it was cool. I really, that that surprised me how much fun I had uh, working with the day players there, kind of watching their show, tearing down their equipment, doing all, they're doing the whole roadie thing. I was a roadie on Saturday. I think my back still feels being a roadie, but it was worth it because that was a great show. And Carmen Morales did a great job. So really fun weekend. And let's tell you what's going on this week. Wednesday, the 26th, open mic night returns at 7.30 p.m. We got a fun lineup for you this week at open mic night. It's five bucks. You know, five bucks. You can't do anything nowadays for five bucks, but you can watch 15 comedians. I'm trying to think how many are even on the open mic nowadays. I believe it's 15. So there you go, all for $5. And then starting on Thursday uh, with the one show at 7.30, uh, it's Ryan Niemiller. You guys may know him from America's Got Talent. He also has shows Friday at 7.15 and 9.45 and Saturday at 7 p.m. and 9.30. Come see Ryan. He's a riot. I, I spent so much time watching his clips before uh, interviewing him. Because uh, I knew who he was, but really didn't watch a lot of his comedy. And, and we'll get more into that in a second. And then, of course, Sunday with Yakov Smirnoff. That's a real early show, 5 p.m. So be in bed by 8. You want to come see Yakov on Sunday. And, and, hey, another great reason to come to Royal Oak on Sunday for Yakov Smirnoff. Free parking on Sunday. Come on. You come to Royal Oak, you go, I don't want to go to Royal Oak. The parking's a pain in the ass. It's free on Sunday, okay? Come on. You're going to see a legend, Yakov Smirnov. You know, I tell you all that Yakov did. Let's just do that now. Let's just tease Yakov. Well, it'll be the second interview you hear today because he's coming uh, 
I always have to decide who's first and who's second. And the rule is whoever's show is coming up first and Ryan's show is coming up first. But anyway, Yakov, I had a great talk with him. And uh, like I said, as a kid, he was ubiquitous on television. He was everywhere. Uh, uh, commercials, movies, stand-up, The Tonight Show, everywhere. And of course, doing uh, kind of the jokes that you all uh, know or sort of he's remembered for doing the jokes about, you know. In America, you watch television, and in Soviet Russia, the television watches you. Well, we got into those kind of jokes. Turns out Yakov really didn't make as many of those jokes as you might remember, and he'll tell you where the first one he ever told on television was, if you remember that. And it's a real interesting talk. Uh, I mean, we get into politics. We got into, uh, uh, you know, uh, the politics of the Cold War. And how Ronald Reagan became a fan of Yakov, and Yakov ended up uh, uh, doing some writing with Ronald Reagan. Um, we talk about. Uh, I asked him who the funniest Russian leader was, <laughs> which is a little out of the box, but hey, it is what it is. Um, and then the interview starts. Uh, amazingly, I oh, well, amazingly, it starts. This funniest, uh, hilarious story. He just has, you know, he's seen so much. And when I asked him about living in Mitzi Shore's house above the comedy store, he told me some of the funniest stories I've ever heard on this show. So stick around for Yakov Smirnoff. It's really worth your time. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, comedy, if you watched him in the 80s, listen to this interview. It's unbelievable. His new show, by the way, that he's bringing to the club really focuses on relationships uh, he will still do the Russian stuff. You'll hear those jokes, too. But he, he he's into relationships now. And we, we have a nice talk about my relationship and why relationships go bad. It's uh, it's a great talk. I was really thrilled. And he said, and maybe we'll talk about this a little more after, he complimented me and I didn't know what to do. I kind of froze because <laughs> I was nervous talking to him. You'll hear that all on the interview. I think it's great. I, and and uh, so Yak, stick around for Yakov and, and certainly come to the show this weekend. But let's get it going with Ryan Niemiller. Now, for those of you that don't know Ryan, when I say uh, this is the uh, comedian who was on America's Got Talent, he's done two seasons of that show. He did, I think it was season 14, he tells us, and then he came back for AGT, the champions. Well, he finished third in the, the original run and then came back for the champions but he was born with a disability where his arms are shorter than most his hands do not have all the fingers that a a, a able-bodied person would have and that's what a lot of his jokes are about at least uh yeah, for his agt run things he can and can't do and funny questions that people ask him um he also bills himself as the cripple threat <laughs> which is his pro wrestling moniker. So there's a lot of wrestling talk. If you like wrestling, stick around because Ryan's going to talk about it. But, um, you know, I didn't mention we never talked about that in the interview. So and part of it was that I, I well, I did have questions written down that I didn't ask. It was just because we were talking about other stuff. Not like I was trying to run away from the topic of, you know, well, let's talk about your hands and how that must, you know, none of that came up. Not at all. We're talking wrestling. We were talking comedy. He, he's a great interview, man. Ryan's a fun guy to talk to. I enjoyed that. You'll hear about how Terry Crews is a real professional. It warmed my heart as a comedy teacher. <laughs> 
to hear the story that he tells us about Terry Crews. And you'll hear about, uh, I'm going to tease it this way, what 80s icon, an 80s icon, it might have been 90s icon, probably late 80s, became a fan of Ryan and their buddies now. And that that was cool, too, to hear that. So Ryan's super funny. Um, and again, when I say I don't ask these questions about his arms, hands, whatever, he, he kind of covers that in the stand-up. So I'm sure uh, if you have any questions about, you know, what's going on with that, you know, you watch your stand up. He explains it all. He'll explain it all. I'm sure this weekend at the club for five shows. So go to comedycastle.com, Get the tickets for that. I think we'll just get into it right now. And the other thing that he uh, he was quick to uh, quick to remind me of or at least help me alert me to the fact is how he pronounces his name. That's actually the first thing you're going to hear. So we're going to we're going to throw it right now. You're going to hear about pronouncing his name, why it is Nee Miller, and he'll explain that. And I explain why I knew that, which you'll hear right away. And then stick around for Yakov. It's uh, I, like I said, Yakov was uh, one of my favorite interviews I've ever done, and Ryan's super fun too. I I, I enjoy. This is a great show. It's going to be a great weekend at the club. Let's take you over to Ryan Nee Miller. And then just so you know, too, I yeah. always just double check this and, and I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, yeah. but knee Miller, knee Miller. That's right. The Ryan Miller. <laughs> now, uh, here's the thing, Ryan, and we're going to call this the start of the interview. If you're OK, perfect. With that. I know this is what I was taught in school is that if you have a if you have two vowels next to each other, uh, you use the second one. Correct. Yeah. So I would have said Nee Miller. Now, of course, I've watched 50,000 clips of you, and so I know it's Nee Miller. But. Well, the other problem that happens, too, is that even now, and this isn't me trying to big-time anybody, Yeah. but I was on America's Got Talent yeah. and had a really great run. That is, I would consider a pretty major credit <laughs> in, in this day and age of Absolutely. comedy. The amount of people, like, I'm not not your guy, not not the Comedy Castle. Comedy <laughs> Castle is great, but I've seen so many clubs that like they'll book me. Mm-hmm. They know who I am, obviously, yeah. and then spell it N E I M I, and it's like, man, like that's like the easiest thing you can do. Like, if you can't <laughs> pronounce my name right, like I understand that. I should have picked a stage name 16 years ago <laughs> when I started comedy. It is what it is. It is but like. <laughs> man you can spell it right like you can <laughs> just it's everywhere if, man just if, look it up if you didn't have enough things working against you to make it now you have a name people can't even pronounce <laughs> yeah, ryan yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean i'll tell you before i did agt the amount of times that like people would see me for like the second time and this is before yeah. i had any kind of name any kind of credit i was just touring you know the midwest and the south that's right that's where i mainly yeah. started and then people would be like Oh, you were amazing last time, but I couldn't find you. It's Ryan E. Miller, oh, right? Interesting. Or it's Ryan Miller. Like, like they, they <laughs> I have such a stupid last name to casually spell. Yeah. And, and, and people's instinct, too, they want to call me Nee Meyer because that mm. feels like it should roll off the yeah, tongue better. Right. So essentially, I had to get on a major worldwide <laughs> television show for anyone to even have a shot to remember my name. Yeah. And Terry Crews always got it right. He never screwed yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, and, and and to Terry's credit, uh, uh, he he's super professional. Yeah. He actually sat down with me when we did our first like yeah. interview because like when you're doing the audition stage of things, 
everyone interviews with Terry. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes because they don't know at that point who's going to do well, yeah. who's going to bomb. They just need to have this footage. He would he he took you know thirty seconds to a minute, which was a lot when you're interviewing hundreds of acts at that point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, I just want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. Tell me exactly how to pronounce yeah, your name." That's Tell me awesome. How, like he, he was uh. he was on top of it, and I was like, "Terry's the man. I love Terry." Yeah, and you know what? So in addition to being a comic myself, I teach stand up comedy at the Comedy Castle. That warms my heart to hear an MC of a television show asking for the pronunciation. Because that yeah. is like one of the rules. I just go, always ask the pronunciation. Don't assume you know what it is because you'll screw it up. And the yeah. headliner will get mad and you'll get fired. And that's it. They'll bring another guy in for Saturday because you suck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will still say to this day, and this is some, I, I'm fortunate enough that my hard work is paid off and I get to be the headliner now, which is, I think, yeah. the second cushiest spot on a three person <laughs> show. Um, the feature is obviously the, yeah. that's the best spot. Because you have no responsibilities, no one's there to see you. So if you bomb, they weren't there to see you anyway. So who yeah. cares, <laughs> you know? And if you crush, it's only beneficial. Yeah. The worst spot on any comedy show is the MC. Yeah. For for a few reasons, because like number one, a lot of audiences don't even treat the MC like they're actually a comic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're just there to say happy birthday and announce names, and if you get laughs, that's a bonus. And secondly, you have all these responsibilities. The clubs want you mm-hmm. to announce street yeah. specials. Who else is coming? You got to get all the credits right. Yeah. And I try to keep it easy, but there's a lot of headliners I know who's like, here's my three-page script. I need <laughs> exactly. To I've done that, man. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. And if you mess up one word, I'm going to have a bad set, and it's your fault. <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus, man. Like, it, it is a thankless job. It so is. I'm always extra nice to MCs because well, I know I hated it. And when I did it, I hated it. So well, I know how tough it is. I will tell you this weekend, your MC is a lady named Megan Nyesti, speaking of names that people screw up, who was one okay. of my students. Oh, I have to announce her is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> you know? she's she's making her debut this weekend uh, at, oh, for awesome. weekend debut. And I think she's going to do great. I think you really like her. She's super fun. So I love that. I, I, yeah. I love when the when the low like, yeah. Give someone an opportunity. I'm yeah. so easy peasy. I, I pride myself on being so easy to work with. I'm, I'm happy to uh, see someone get this opportunity on okay. my show. Well, if you're okay with it, I'm going to tell her, you know, I'm not going to give her any reason to listen to this. And then I'm going to say, hey, just so you know, I'll send her a message to be like, just so you know, I talked to Ryan and he's going to bust your balls all weekend. I'm sorry. Just deal with it. <laughs> As your teacher, I would be, you know, remiss if I didn't tell you that this guy is going to be hard to work with. That's what I'm going to Yeah, do. yeah. I, I am notoriously <laughs> difficult. That is what I'm uh, I, I'm known for. Uh, well, one thing I, that I will do sometimes, and, and I've become a pretty good read on people, so I won't do this to somebody who's like really, really going to take it poorly. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of times, if I, like I'm meeting an MC for the first time, and you can tell they're they're really nervous about it, uh, and I can usually tell that happens when they told me they've written jokes. <laughs> about how they're gonna intro me yeah. and i'm like you don't need to do all that man yeah. that, that just i'll tell the jokes about <laughs> me, man you don't need to do it yeah but what i will do and i don't let this last too long because it's, it's too mean yeah. because i know i'm already freaking out but i'd be like hey look okay uh i hear you're hosting for me you know my name's ryan good to meet you uh i hope it's not a big deal but there's just certain things i would prefer you not talk about mm. Um, if you could not talk about um, relationships, that's my thing. I talk about <laughs> relationships. You cannot talk about um, your family or how you grew up. That's the thing I do. Um, 
current events. I, I, do, I talk current events. You cannot do that. Just go through all yeah. like the most generic things. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, oh, and you're a Southern gay comic. That's, <laughs> that's what you are tonight. Hey, Megan, his whole act is about Detroit, believe it or not. He has a different yeah. act for no, every no town he goes to. Please, no local references. <laughs> so that's me. That's my thing. That's it. Do you ever ask for the local reference? Are you one of those guys? You ever go in and go, hey, what's the name of the strip club in this town? Is it ever doing that? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. If I have a very specific thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, part of like how I've always like approached how I do comedy is I want my act to work. Right. No matter where I'm at yeah. or, or what crowd I'm with, you know, my, my stuff works the same way for 90 year olds mm-hmm. as it does. Or if I got had to do like a, a college, you know, white, black, brown, anything in between. Like I wanted my stuff to be so universal that like it works. So I try not to have too much like here's the local thing. But sometimes I'll ask, yeah. like, okay, where, 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 where's the, you know, because I'm, I'm an old trailer park kid. So yeah, I'll be like, okay. where's, the, where's the trailer park part of town? Yeah. You know, what's that? Place? I'll give it to you right now if you, if you haven't been to Detroit. <laughs> You guys got Taylor. That's the big one here. That's okay. where Taylor's where, uh, you know, you're from Taylor. Okay. I'll slow down. You know, that kind of stuff. It's sort of. The, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, my, I just think way. those are my people. Yeah. Those are well, the that's good. There at the yeah. show. No, we I hear make fun of them. I want them there. Those exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, that would be our town, sort of our, you know, the, the local, the one that people sort of give a kicking to. Taylor, yeah. but and, those and, people and, come and, out though. Yeah. They're always at the show. You go Taylor, and they're gonna go crazy. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, because they... I'm an old pro wrestling fan. Yes, I'm all for those cheap pops, man. <laughs> Whatever. It Listen, cheap pops all day. All right, you've ruined my interview, and I'm gonna tell you why. Please don't be <laughs> insulted by this. I was hoping we could get to wrestling at the end because okay. I won't shut up about it either, and that's going to be the rest of our interview at this point. Okay, well, we'll, we'll let's, just put a, let's just put a pause on that then. The put a pin wrestling. in wrestling, and we'll come back. Yeah, yeah, wrestling and video games. Oh. I, I can be lost in this. That, you know, that's my, that's dude, my world. I literally put down the PS5 controller to do this interview today. I'm <laughs> yeah, not kidding. I'm, gonna tell you, I'm, I'm a little pissed off at you for taking me away from my video games. <laughs> well, you know, like, I, I know this is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. I'm the headliner. I got to do these interviews yeah. with the peons and whatever. But, like, really, my, my video games, are, are they miss me. And you're taking <laughs> me away from my, from my well, children. Listen, if I would have known this, we could have just had, we could have fired up a chat and had, you know, been playing, <laughs> you know, Destiny together or something and doing yeah, a raid we done while we're doing the internet. And I record it, and then it's a show. Perfect. Well, so, but now but we next, time. next time, next time. When, when, when I circle back <laughs> to the comedy castle again, that's our plan. We're doing it. That's the plan. All right. Just a couple quick things, because we got to talk about America's Got Talent. Everybody wants to know so much about what that's been. And I've had guests who have done the show. You've been on the show twice. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Two seasons. So did, yeah, two uh, seasons. Yeah. I, I did season 14 yeah. like, of the main <clears throat> series. I did that in 2019. Got third place overall. Okay. Third most talented person in America. <laughs> there was a vote, and then the the following year, and this was just before the pandemic, okay. um, early 2020. I was on uh, Champions, yes. which has now been rebranded as All Stars. Okay, but I was on the second season of that, where mm-hmm. I was a semifinalist. Right, and uh, I take it you had a good experience. I watched, I think, almost every set from those shows, and 
you, you did a great job, and they everyone seemed to love you, so it wasn't like you bombed up there or anything. So I yeah, take it that uh, was it, a good experience, right? It, it, it's hard to have any complaints. Like, I yeah. mean, if not, not, not to get too dramatic about mm-hmm. it, but it literally changed my life. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, because. Because I, I was, you know, I did comedy 12 years or so before that. Yeah. And, and I always thought I was a strong comic. But, you know, until you get that break, you know, I, yeah. I was, you know, having to do 12-hour drives and sleeping in my car because I couldn't afford hotels. Yeah. You know, the, the, the road dog grind. That I, we did, dude, I know, did that. Part. And that's another thing I got to I talk to you about the road because I used to play in Indiana. I haven't really been on the road regularly in like about 10 years, but I did Indiana like at least once a month. Coming out of Detroit, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's part of the you know that, that yeah. was just that that's what we mm-hmm. did. You know, I got like it's not I, I don't want to sound like I'm an old grizzled veteran because I've you know I'm <laughs> 16, 17 years in. Yeah, like right. it's, it, people have you know we all know people who have been doing oh, yeah. it for three times as long, <laughs> too long, that, but, <laughs> right? Yeah, way too long. Uh, but you know, like that was the grind for it. And then you know, AGT is still one of the last credits that exist right now right. like 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 obviously getting late night is amazing yeah but it late, just doesn't it, it, it doesn't instantly move the needle like it used no, to no no it's a little watered down now yeah like, like, like if you crushed on carson back in the day yeah. you are now a star yeah. if you crush on fallon it's an awesome clip <laughs> it's <laughs> right. great you know yeah. it's good for the self-esteem but you're not necessarily selling out clubs anymore no no, no I you know like that, yeah. but but with agt it's one of those things that you can literally go from and I was one of the people too. I was I was a working comic, but in that, hey, if if a weekend gets canceled, I'm calling my brother to borrow money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I was that yeah. kind of right. of working comic. And then you get seen by ten to fifteen million people, and overnight it just blows up for you. And I was fortunate that I picked the right jokes to tell, <laughs> and it <laughs> right. just kind of worked out. That's a huge part of it. Yeah, and just had such a great run that you know third place is uh it changed my life it's oh. it's how i met my wife oh wow Congratulations. Uh, you know I, I, I thank you i'm having a kid next month oh, like, my none goodness. of that would have happened without uh just you know yeah being in the right place right time and you know this just being prepared i, I tried to get on agt for about five years really? and I'm, I'm so thankful now knowing what i know that they said no the first four oh, times. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> I was not ready uh-huh. and just kind of knowing the experience. I was ready to hit the ground running on mm-hmm. that fifth try. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that's the one I talk to comedians. That seems to be the. I mean, over you know, Vicky Barbalak was on last month. I've talked to Josh Blue a couple times, and and yeah, they all seem to have that experience about how great it was, and there was really you know, even if you're losing, you're still being seen by millions of people, and there's really not a way to get that exposure on television anyway. Um, right. It, it, Cause only one part, like only one act wins. Yeah. You know, like you're all technically losers right. <laughs> except for the first one. But like when you get seen by that many people, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, you can't beat the, it's one of the few credits that I think working for exposure is actually a good idea. Yeah. Well, Josh, <laughs> just, you know, Josh Blue and I don't you don't have to give, give any details of your situation. But when I asked him, I said, you know, God, you've done three of these. And I said, haven't you proved what you want? He goes, well, wait, he says they call me and they write me a nice check to do these shows. And I said, well, in that case, you should do it five more times. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what he told me. So, well, I remember like it, it didn't quite work the same way yeah. for me because, uh, uh, again, not to get too into the weeds. Right. I, I was someone who was, you know, Josh is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 
but when he did AGT, he had also already won last comic stand. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, you know, like he, right. he, he was so well established. He was fine. And, and some people were so mad about like, well, he's already won. This. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. is he on AGT? Why is he doing this? And like, I don't care how successful you are. And, and Josh is successful. He's, he's an amazing comic. Right. And if, I, if someone, if someone's like, Hey, do you want to be seen by 10 yeah, to 15 yeah. million people every week? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, I do. Yeah. And his <laughs> point was they asked and I said, yes. And when you say it like that, well, well, that would change anybody's mind. It wasn't like, you know, he was standing outside on the sidewalk to get an audition. It's like they called, called his agent and said, we want Josh for the show. And Josh said, yes. And there he is. So um, yeah, I know yeah, that it, that wasn't probably your case getting in at least the first time, but no. So, so, so when I, when the way that it worked for me, um, so, so I, I was fortunate enough. I never had to do the, just, show up at 7 a.m. Oh, okay. and wait in the yeah. line. Um, I did still have to like do the audition parts of it. Mm -hmm. So the, the very first audition I got, I think I got as a favor to Taylor Williamson. Okay. Who yeah. he's an old friend of mine. I know him from when I started. Sure. Uh, for any of you, if you're not familiar, he had got second place mm -hmm. on an earlier season. So he had a really good run on the show. Yeah. And I think just as a favor, because they really liked him, I kind of was able to get an audition. I still had to audition, but I got to have basically a time slot. Right. Like that was the big difference. Oh, nice. I didn't have to stand outside in the cold. It was, Hey, show up at 2 PM. You do your audition. We'll consider you. Like that's kind of how it worked. Uh, I bombed that audition so hard. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, uh, it, it was a great learning experience and I'm glad that I was able to redeem myself later, but I, I was at that stage in my career. I'll maybe, seven years in at this time. And it's when you start to get cocky mm -hmm. where like where, where I was crushing as a feature, I was burying headliners cause I was so strong as a feature. And I'm just having this like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm untouchable. I'm so fucked. I got to do a minute and a half. That's so easy. Yeah. A minute and a half of comedy. Right. That's not, that's, I, I barely, I, I barely prepared. Uh, it was so in hindsight, it was the dumbest thing I'd ever done, <laughs> but, but I just walked in and I'm like, I'll just kind of wing it and I'll be funny and cares. I just yeah. I bombed my ass off so hard. Yeah, a minute and, and a like, half is hard. It, that's yeah. People don't get that. Part. It's so hard. Even like if I'll do an like I do an open mic with my students now, and some of these guys, you know, well, there's forty guys tonight, so it's three minutes, and I go, I don't even know if I can do three minutes. I like I don't even know what I do. It, it, it's, it that honestly, yeah. I think was the hardest part for yeah. me because because anyone who's going to come see me this weekend. Um, I, I do more storytelling kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. So I'm someone who, you know, I'm going to talk for 45 minutes to an hour and I'm telling stories about things that have happened to me, all this kind of stuff. And for AGT, you don't get to do that. Yeah. What, what, when you're doing comedy, you, you can't, if you get two minutes, you can't spend a minute and 45 setting up one laugh. Yeah. Like it's gotta be punch, punch, mm -hmm. punch, punch, punch. And, and that, that was a tough transition for me. Like I, I was pulling stuff that I had retired yeah, 10 I, years I, ago. Yeah. Uh, I was doing like half of jokes because I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can do part of the, like no one of tags, my biggest, yeah. Sincere, <laughs> yeah. One of my biggest sincere fears about doing the show because people would ask me like, were you nervous? And honestly, for the performance part, no, that was kind of my right. reward for doing, you know, dive bars for three drunks. who <laughs> didn't know it was comedy night for 10 years, yeah. but you get in this autopilot and, and you're a comic. So you probably understand this. Like sometimes when you just start doing your act, you don't mentally know where you're at. Right, you yeah. kind of are just like this joke follows this joke mm -hmm. and this joke. You kind of just get into like a zone. Yeah. I was so scared that I would do 
the joke that I had scheduled to do, which is like maybe the first part of a longer mm. joke, and then accidentally start doing the second yeah. joke where yeah. I say cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've, yes. I've been there. They're like, it's a clean show. Okay, I'll cut the dirty ones out, but the dirty one follows the clean one. And in my mind, <laughs> it just, yeah. Yeah, so you, you get right into it. I, I, luckily, nothing like that happened. My yeah. brain cooperated with me, and I did what I had to do. But that was a real fear that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm telling the uh, the gaping asshole part of this joke <laughs> now, I guess. But. Well, um, oh, I'm not going to make that transit. We're going to talk about Taylor Williamson. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of gaping assholes, how about that Taylor Williamson? No, I make a joke. <laughs> I love Taylor. Uh, he came to Detroit yeah. and did our club. And here's this. How's this for a segue? I ran into him at a wrestling show in Los Angeles years later, and we yeah. hung out for a minute. Yeah, yeah good Taylor dude. Love Taylor. Huge wrestling he fan. Is. A huge wrestling he fan. is. Yeah, I love As Taylor. Yeah. Well, so, well, let's get into re- first of all the Chris Jericho thing was so great. I really enjoyed that. Dude, it, 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 oh. it's one of those things uh, that I think you'll appreciate this. Anyone? Yeah. So I've told this story to Chris directly. Yeah. One hundred percent. This is true. The the reason that I got into entertainment is because in August of 1999, I happened to be in the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, yeah. when he made his WWF at the time. OK, debut. yeah, yeah. Right. So, so he, he has one of the most famous debuts of all time with the countdown, countdown clock that had yeah. been going for weeks after that. This was an accidental thing. I grew up so poor. I maybe got to go to one wrestling show a year, kind of as like a birthday present type of thing. This happened to be that show. I was there being there and that reaction and just like feeling that experience of the crowd. I still get goosebumps thinking about how I felt then. It made me go, I'm going to be a performer. At the time, I thought it was a pro wrestler. Yeah. It turns out you have to work out (laughs) a lot to do that. And I like pizza. Right. So that wasn't going to work for me. Um, so like years, fast forward years later, uh, kind of how the Chris Jericho thing set up. I had done some basically pro wrestling style branding on AGT. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I refer to myself as the cripple threat. Cripple threat yeah. uh, you know, my fan base is club nub. I was basically doing <laughs> pro wrestling 101 as kind of like my, all, all my live show entrances. I was basically doing pro wrestling yeah. style entrances. I was, I was doing that kind of energy. They asked me, once I made the semifinals, they start planning everyone's finals performance because mm-hmm. they just don't they don't have enough time to dick around. Um, and they kind of asked me, like, give, give us a list of like five wrestlers that like if you would want to, you know, do something with who are those wrestlers? Mm-hmm. And Chris Jericho was my one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it could happen because he used to play AEW mm-hmm. and there's you know, getting into boring TV contract bullshit with NBC. Yeah, it's a different thing. Um, luckily, they reached out to Chris. Uh, Chris watched some of my stuff, really enjoyed it. He agreed to do it. We filmed that sketch. Almost all of it was improv. Mm-hmm. Um, cr- credit to the AGT folks. When they when they were setting this up, they kind of had these ideas. And, Chris, <laughs> and, 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 and it, it wasn't there. Like, they just don't know yeah. any better. Like, wrestling fans. He ain't listening and, to that. Kinda, Chris isn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris made the, made the point where he's like, hey, you guys seem smart, but, like, TV people don't know shit about wrestling. <laughs> so just, like, he's a comedian. I've been doing this for 30 years. Just let us do our thing. We'll, we'll get to the points you need us to get to. If there's, mm-hmm. like, major points, we'll get to there. Don't let, But just let us do our thing. So we improved almost all of it. We just had this great chemistry. We did this. It, it, it came out great. It looked great on television. It got a great response from the crowd at the Dolby Theater. It was amazing. Nice. Chris and I kind of just, like, connected as buddies, yeah. too. 
so like it's like interesting like that later that year i happened to be working in tampa where he lives so i had thanksgiving at his house oh man that's on un- that's uh, unbelievable i i got to uh, perform on the cruise that right, he puts on yeah. every year a couple years ago like 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 even now it's like it, it, it's one of those things that like 40 year old ryan is like <laughs> i got this really cool interesting friend it's awesome mm. but the fact that like Chris Jericho fucking text me. 16-year-old Ryan is losing his shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cool life. <laughs> that is great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Jericho, too. He's been a, was a fan of his in the 90s, and I saw him win the AEW title. I was at that show in Chicago in 19 when he did that. So, awesome. yeah, he's guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, I, yeah. And I really, and look, I... I knew you were getting up at the end, but I was still into it, man. <laughs> I'd seen enough wrestling to go. <laughs> oh, and, and so, so so they were playing it that way, like like they were yeah. doing like that kind of work shoot thing. Yeah, to pretend that it was legit. Yeah. I will tell you. Uh, so we practiced it ahead of time. Like I, I have a little bit of pro wrestling training. So okay. I, I, I know. I, I knew what to do generally. I'm not going to say that I can take every bump. <laughs> like I know it's tough on the body. I'm not claiming I could do it, but I understand it from a technical standpoint. So right. uh, the, the the wrestler that they brought in that was I was doing the little thing with it was a uh, Che Guevara, um, is a super nice guy. He's a SoCal wrestler out here this way, and he he practiced like the the, the forearm yeah. like we kind of went over it a couple times and like he showed me okay I'm gonna hit you like this take it you'll bump back this way. We went through this whole thing and it was great. It was easy. He was super professional, uh-huh. super nice. When the camera came on, his fucking <laughs> I want to make this look good. Yeah, <laughs> instinct kicked in. Ugh. He rocked me. Really? <laughs> he, he all like he happened to he hit me so hard, he knocked me into the right position I was supposed <laughs> to fall. It just happened naturally. Wow. Yeah, he it knocked, looked it looked like he hit you good. I mean, I could tell he, that. Yeah. Very snug. He yeah. got me very snug with that. Right. He knocked my glasses off. Wow. Uh, I don't know how I pulled this off because we did this in one take. Yeah. I was able to pick my glasses back <laughs> up and put them on before the camera got right. down to me. Oh, uh, but he destroyed me, and luckily everything went great. He, he was super cool, and, and like he apologized after. Like nice. it wasn't one of those things. There was nothing malicious to it, yeah. but yeah, yeah, he uh, he got me good. Uh, I'm gonna stick to dick jokes because that hurt. <laughs> they can't control themselves. These wrestlers. So I used to ring announce for a group here in Michigan, okay. and I uh, I ended up getting in a feud with one of these guys that did all the death matches, and. Uh, he decided one night that he's he's going to give me a chair shot. Oh, no. And I said, I'm not doing that. I said, I'm the ring. I'm not doing that. And he goes, well, you know, you're talking shit now. You're cutting promos on me. You're going to take a chair shot, and that'll set, end the feud and all that stuff. And I go, I don't think I'm taking the chair. He goes, you're going to take it. And then the guy, the, so one guy held my arms, and I, he said, I'll take care of you. And the guy's holding my arms, and he's whispering to me. He's like, just take it. You're going to be fine. Don't even worry about it. And this piece of garbage hit me as hard as he could. As hard, yeah, with, It was a plastic right. chair, but he hit me so I mean, freaking hard. It sucked. And I sold yeah. it. You know, you got to sell it. I know wrestling. You got to sell it. You lay there. But it hurt like hell. Yeah, the whole time you're just like, son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm like selling it. And then the, the other guy that was holding me, he checks on me and he goes, are you doing all right? And I go, yeah, I'm selling it. But that sucked. <laughs> yeah. But tell him, ow, please. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He was not a he was not a real upstanding character, unfortunately. Uh, in, in, in the wrestling world? <laughs> no. Look, I got to say that not, not every like uh, comedy promoter. Yeah. 
you're telling me not every booker has your best interest. Yeah, in that's true. Well, a lot of comics are dicks too. You run into those oh. guys, but but I, I, the, you, you're going to find that in anything. Though. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm, I'm sure accountants are like, yeah, there's some real dickhead <laughs> accountants. These just the nature of people. No, I like I liked uh, when I. <laughs> I dealt with a lot of legends, a lot of guys sort of on their way down, and I dealt with a lot of guys on their way up. And uh, you know, it was a great, it was a great experience. I, as a being a fan, it did not hurt my enthusiasm for it whatsoever. Being exposed to how it works, you know, and I think some people might feel that it would, but not for me at all. I really had a, a, maybe a newfound respect after working with those guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will say so. So my dream was always to be a pro wrestler, and it's just physically that was never going to work out for me. Um, I've been very fortunate that through comedy, I've got to you know be involved and and be friends with a lot of wrestlers mm-hmm. of, of all types, you know, all levels, you know, from from huge future Hall of Famers to you know just indie guys who enjoy doing it in their spare time. And by and large, it, I've been very impressed. Like, like, like even people who I'm like, and I feel this way about comedy too. It's like, maybe I wouldn't hang out with you casually, mm-hmm. but you're a cool work friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, yeah. Oh, you're, you're an interesting guy here, but maybe <laughs> I'm not going to let my kid meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. You make friends, you know, it's, it is. And, it, and it's weird too, especially when people, and you might know this either from comedy and, and, uh, and even I've met like a lot of, you know, like rock stars or, you know, pop stars, whatever, sort of from the past. I've met a bunch of them. I've done shows, introduced them and stuff like that. And sometimes there's people that people just kick in the ground and say, oh, God, what a no talent has been or whatever. And they are the nicest, coolest people that I've had such a black, you know, Vanilla Ice. I'll throw that out there. MC Hammer was the coolest guy I ever met, I think, when I met him. I mean, just you know, people don't get that. Yeah. Different. Yeah, someone I was pleasantly surprised by and shocked that he was an AGT fan. But uh, I have become uh, uh, acquaintances with Richard Grieco. <laughs> That's awesome. Who, who again, is yeah. one of those 80s that people just shit on yeah. at this right now. Couldn't be a cooler, nicer right. dude. Nice. Has, has no reason to be nice to me other than right. he really liked what I did. That, that was kind of it. And yeah. we became buddies to a little bit. I'm like... That's that's cool as hell that somebody who just like for some because some of these people like you said like Vanilla Ice yeah MC just get shit on constantly <laughs> even today for yeah. no reason and when they can still be like yeah, I mean yeah whatever yeah. It, I, I was super famous for a little while most people don't get that yeah that's so. nice I met these we had these soap opera guys in the other night at the club they were singing the day players. And I went okay. like, am I going to want to deal with these soap opera guys? They were so cool. <laughs> hey, they were so fun. Oh, hey, these pretty boy soap opera guys. They were humble. They were fun. It was nice. Can I tell <laughs> they you? They stole my act, though. I was actually going to do a lot of soap opera <laughs> acting this weekend. No, and those guys just- sing. The, the day players is a whole other thing. But, yeah, yeah I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but Richard Grieco, you know, that was the most handsome guy in the world when he was around. When he was at his height. Yeah, that old uh, 21 Jump Street action yeah, right there. Yeah, you couldn't have found a better looking guy. That was it. Yeah. He was number one. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's the best. It, it's, it's still one of those things that, like, it's cool when I, like, post something on Instagram yeah. and I get a fire emoji from Richard Grieco. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it sounds like everything's going your way, man. So I, I hope it continues this weekend at the Comedy Castle. We got five yeah. shows with you, and yeah. uh, it's going to be a big. I know you're coming to Michigan. You're going to Holland, Michigan. I saw that on your website. Before yes, you, yeah. You get making, a little, make, making a little run here. Yeah, make a run out of it. Go look at the tulips. This, this is my last week. I get to be away from home for a while. Oh, because uh, the kids coming, right? Yeah, you're having the baby in nice. May. So this is kind of the uh, the last. Like, like I'm still working here and there, but I'm yeah. doing like more writer stuff for like, yeah, like yeah. local stuff here to Southern California for a while. But yeah, so this is going to be my last. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm told this is going to be my last week to sleep for a while. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to really enjoy just uh, sleeping in a nice hotel. Yeah, you get a comfy stuff. bed working for the Comedy Castle. They, they take care of you that way. Yeah, I like that. It's above and beyond. You don't make me <laughs> on the floor or in my rental car. No, so there's no. Uh, you're not sleeping. Uh, the other comics will not be sleeping in your room, so it'll be a good time. Okay. That, that, that is good for me and them, quite yeah. frankly. I, uh, I know who I am as a person. I'm a uh, gas human. So. There's no condo. There's none of that. Uh, I, I, I miss a good comedy condo. <laughs> Do you? I, I, like, not, not in, like, when I'm there, yeah. no. You know, but, like, any kind of comedy condo takes me back to just, like, like that part of my comedy journey yeah. where you're just, like, because for a while, like, it, it's super cool where you're just like, yeah, me and the headliner, we're just hanging out. And <laughs> yeah. just, like, it's like we can just talk shop or just do whatever. And like, they're putting me up here. I'm getting paid yeah. to be here. Putting me up. It's, uh, and like every single one of them without fail was just a shithole. No, just like yeah. a rat infested shithole. <laughs> and I'm like, like, it should be condemned. Like, right. how is this even legal? But like at the time, you're just like, yeah, I'm making it. <laughs> I don't do do condos. Uh, you know, I like I said, I've been off the road for almost 10 years. But uh, do condos still exist or ha is that a thing that's kind of gone away? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, it, it's very few and far. Between. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think during like the, the heyday of when those were a big thing, which I think, you know, like 90s, yeah, 2000s. Yeah. Like when those when those were probably like nice places, mm -hmm. they've not really been fixed up yeah. or or anything since then. And you know how comics are; we're scumbags. <laughs> like who's taking care of those places no. if you're there? So um, th there's still a couple that are really nice. Uh, well, I, I think the houses are nice, like uh, Zanies in Nashville. They oh, okay. still have like a house across the street. Oh, nice. It's well taken care of. Like, like th there's a few here and there, but like a lot of places, I'm just like. Hey, I hate to be that guy. Can I get a hotel? Yeah. Because this is uh, <laughs> um, the toilets flush backwards. And like, I don't know. Like, I need something here. Right. All right. Well, I think on that note, we will end this. But, Ryan, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm so excited to have you at the club. And uh, we're going to have five great shows. Congratulations on the kid. I mean, I'll see you this weekend. We'll talk. Absolutely. We'll talk more it. wrestling. Come to the show because if you don't come to the show, my baby won't eat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You killed my child. Is oh that my what you God. want for your I, I am I am using this kid for so much sympathy. <laughs> it, used, it used to be the arm thing. Now yeah. it's the arm thing with well, the baby. The babies <laughs> and and uh, uh, it's gonna be uh, you're gonna be a hell of a dad, man. I bet you're gonna be a real fun dad. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, right. I'm hoping the responsible part of being a dad kicks in for me. I, I think the fun part I got down. I think I right. want to crush. Well, that's true. It's, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess fun is, yeah. Fun's easy. Responsible. Yeah. That, that's when, when, when they're just, you can just take them to things and yeah. play games with them. That's the easy part. Yeah. It's the, Oh, you got to keep this thing alive part yeah. that I'm worried about. You're going to have to discipline your kids, Ryan. Oh, awful. <laughs> my kid's not going to take me. 
My, my, we already looked. My kid's going to have full hands. He's not going to respect <laughs> me. He's like, you can't make a fist, Dad. Oh. Shut up. I'm like, oh, oh man. You're going to have to send your kid to bed and tell them they can't watch wrestling, and then you're going to stay up and watch it. And how are you going to feel? How are you going to yeah. feel at that point? Powerful. <laughs> I'll do the same thing. I, I, I don't have a kid, but I may soon, and I don't know. What the hell? We got this figured out. We got awesome. it. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, thanks for Ryan. Thanks for talking. We'll catch you this weekend. All right. Sounds good. All See right. you thanks, Ryan. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, a thrill for me to speak to. Yakov Smirnov. Yakov, welcome to the Comedy Castle podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Because in addition to, well, I spent my morning eating breakfast watching you <laughs> on The Tonight Show and with Rodney Dangerfield. And I mean, as a kid, you know, because I was when you broke out, I must have been like a teenager, like early teens. Uh -huh. And. Just, I think, one of the most ubiquitous faces. You watched any comedy show when you were on it and always funny and all those great movies. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm so nervous to talk to you. This is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be. Don't be. This is. I'm just a guy. You are. You know? a, and you're coming to the Comedy Castle. And I'm yes, super excited uh, about that. Just um, to prove that I'm just a guy. I'm going <laughs> to the Comedy Castle. Um. So, I, you know, as a, as a fan of comedy and a comic myself for all these years, and, uh -huh. you know, I, I've met some guys from, you know, that era. And uh -huh. I remember hearing a story about you. I just wanted to get this out of the way, first of all, because okay, I thought this was sure. a hilarious story that uh -huh. you at the comedy store, that some of the comics would live in a house that Mitzi Shore owned. Yes. Yeah, above the comedy store in the hills or there, whatever. Yes. And that they somebody, I can't remember if it was Jimmy Walker, somebody's talking about you would be the guy to fix everything in the house. Ah, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That was my job. So, you, uh, yeah, go ahead. I literally, Mitzi, Mitzi Shore hired me as a handyman. And the main, my main job was to go to her house uh, where Paulie Shore at that point was a young kid, mm -hmm. but he would smoke pot <laughs> and he didn't want he didn't want mom to walk in on him. Yeah. So he would take off the handle door handles and throw them away. <laughs> and my job was to go buy new door handles <laughs> and put them on those doors. Uh, and until the next time, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, that's fantastic. So you were sort of earning uh, your rent where you were living in the house and that was, I was living in, in the house. I was paying, I want to say $120 mm -hmm. for a room a month. And my roommates were Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I don't know if you know Tom Wilson. Yeah. Back to the future. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, and then Biff. Uh, we had Argus Hamilton there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ali Joe Prater. I mean, it was a lot of a lot of funny people there. So, but they would they would have parties, uh, and at those parties there would be like, you know, Robin Williams would come, Robert De Niro. Uh, they they would show up there in the middle of the night, and I worked <laughs> nine to five or eight to to four, whatever it was. My so I would go to bed early, 
And those guys would just show up like at one or two in the morning and they would party all night. And then when I wake up, <clears throat> I go downstairs and where the dining room was and uh, there would be a, a mirror on the, on, on the table <laughs> and <clears throat> there was like a powder on it. <laughs> and I thought, uh, see how naive I was. I thought they were eating donuts <laughs> off the, uh, of the mirror. And I, and when they would wake up, you know, Argus, I would go, so why can't you use a plate? We have a dishwasher. You could just do that. And they would laugh. And nobody told me for a, for a month yeah. that what was going on. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. What a time to be alive. Huh? What a time yeah. to be yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then uh, so I also, you know, in the 80s, because it was, and I think for, for like younger people, they don't understand what it was like growing up in the Cold War and having that, uh, yes. you know, that whole thing. And you became a real symbol of sort of America, you know, it, because you be left Russia to become a star in America, you became mm -hmm. a real symbol for, you know, America's superiority to the Soviet yes. Union. Yeah. Um, I know President Reagan and you became friendly and, yes. and those kind of things yeah. like. Yes. How did you feel about that? In, in retrospect, are you proud of that? Did you feel like you were maybe being exploited at any point? No, no, that, no, 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 not at all. I actually, you know, uh, the contrast was so huge uh, coming out of uh, the Soviet Union. You know, it was so, uh, and I was a comedian there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we had the Department of Jokes which was a part of Minister of Culture. Right. And that's in and your it, that's in your act, but that's a real thing. It's true, yeah. yeah. Okay. We it's had crazy. to be once a year they would censor they, you would have to come up with the script, what you're going to do, and then you submit it to Department of Jokes and they would put a, their stamp, they cross out <laughs> the jokes that they didn't feel was appropriate, and then they would you know, give you back the script and you have to stay with it yeah, okay. for a year. And then you can, so if someone heck, heckles you from the audience, you can only <laughs> say, come back in a year. I'll, <laughs> I'll get something approved by, <laughs> by the department of jokes, you know? <laughs> so that was reality. And here I come uh, to the, um, to America. And I remember, you know, I, I spoke very little English and I remember uh, being at the, I think it was in New York and I, somebody invited me to a Playboy club, mm -hmm. club where there was a comedian performing and, and he said something and I barely could understand stuff, but he said that uh, Jimmy Carter just had a hemorrhoid operation and he's going to be a perfect asshole again. <laughs> and I literally ducked under the table. Yeah. Wow. Because I thought somebody's going to shoot him. Yeah. And so to me, uh, being, feeling this freedom in the United States made me totally fall in love with this country. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel used or, yeah. or that I'm betraying. Uh, no, this was the opposite. It was like showing the American superiority. And I continue to believe in this country, even though it has changed dramatically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, that I think a lot of people 
um, sort of in retrospect, they they grade, you know, the Reagan era. Now, even though I was a young kid who couldn't vote at that time, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I could not imagine what that time would have been like without Reagan and without right. sort of the our national our strength in our military and those kind of things that we sort of look back on and go oh well that's what a stupid thing that we did back then but it was really the appropriate thing to do i think in in hindsight and um, which 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 part was stupid i'm not sure well i'm not i'm not speaking for me i'm speaking for other people who feel like reagan okay you know disenfranchised the poor and had racist policies and i look i don't agree with those i was uh like i said i couldn't vote but i was a fan of president reagan i went and saw him speak once Mm -hmm. when i was in high school and i thought he was was a great man and i'm i'm very you know, impressed that you have that relationship for any comedian to sort of have that thing. You know, you think maybe about Bob Hope, they always said was a friend to Eisenhower and those kind of things. But, um, you know, nowadays I'm not sure who would be, you know, does Biden have, does he hang out with Bill Burr? I don't think so. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if he knows who he is hanging out with anyway. Yeah, that's true. But in terms of, um, in terms of Reagan, he used this. I mean, I didn't feel used. I felt I was honored to be right. able to. But I was like a, a supplier of jokes yeah. to the White House. Right. So okay. they would call me and they would say, so do you have anything new? And <laughs> and Reagan was using those no, jokes as a secret weapon. Yeah. And that's what I believe made them connect with yeah. Gorbachev because they had a similar sense of humor okay. and they, and they united in that way. Yeah. And then the rest is history. Cause I, I actually, would you just want you bring up Gorbachev cause I have it here in my notes. I was going to say, you know, who's, who was the funniest Russian leader? Cause Reagan gets credit <laughs> as sort of the funniest president, but I'm thinking was Yeltsin funny or was he just drunk well, all the he time? Was what was like, <laughs> he was funny. Like Biden is funny. Yeah, okay, you know? Yeah. He is just kind of a bumbling, you know, guy who was drunk most of the time. I think Gorbachev had the intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. However, Reagan knew how uh, to to get him to do what what he wanted to do. So that that changed the world. Yeah, yeah, it was a great time when the wall fell and everything. It was fantastic. Yep. I mean, and again, yep. people don't they take it for granted now because they didn't live. Right. Under that. And and I didn't live in Soviet Russia, but I lived with the threat of, you know, being in school as a kid in America. They would tell us nuclear war with the Soviet Union was inevitable. It was it was just a matter of time. This is going to happen. And, you know, we did the we we didn't quite do like the nuclear drills. That was probably for people a little bit older than me, you know, where you hide under your desk. Right. Right. I didn't quite do that, but it was just a constant thing about. Oh, nuclear war every minute on TV. And yeah, we were feeling the same thing there. I mean, only here do you hide under the desk in in the Soviet Union. They would tell us, put white sheet over yourself Mm -hmm. and slowly crawl to near a cemetery. (laughs) That was that was their drill. Oh, terrible. And Putin's not funny at all. I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) No, I mean, there's I mean, no. he had his shirt off the one time and then people make fun of that. But that's that's about that's about all we got on him. Mm-hmm, and yeah, that was, he was yeah. not being funny about it either. No, <laughs> no, you you don't have you don't have a good situation right now. One no, is not at all mean and one is senile. So it's not <laughs> it's not, you know. 
Well, did you ever? I I, I think not being born, uh, you you could not be president because you're not born in the United States. Did you ever right. think about running for office, though? I think they have enough clowns there already, <laughs> so I don't think I need to be there. I I like where I am. I I have a my own theater in Branson, yeah. Missouri. I've been I've been there now. This year will be thirtieth. Wow, my thirtieth anniversary being here. So as one agent told me in Hollywood, he said, people know uh, the celebrities when they live on the East Coast mm-hmm. or they live in the, on the West Coast. You created your own coast, <laughs> you know, mid, mid-American coast. Yeah. Because I have questions. I have questions about Branson. I dated a girl from Branson briefly. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> she was she was a radio DJ from Branson. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and I I I've never been. Um, but I was in in uh, preparing to talk to you. I was looking up. So okay, Yakov has his theater. If I'm if I'm visiting Branson, I'm going to Yakov's theater. That's number one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then I look at these other shows in Branson. Yeah. And they're all either a, a sort of country shows. Yes. Or they're yeah. like these tribute shows, like we're we're almost the Bee Gees, or like yes. you know yes. we're kind of like ABBA and these kind of things. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. How, how do you fit into that uh, culture there? Well, I'm literally last national known celebrity mm-hmm. in Branson now, because when I got here, well, let me the the history is. I was not planning to come here at all. And I was playing Vegas, Atlantic City, Arena, Tahoe. um, And then the Soviet Union collapsed. And as you said, I was that symbol Mm -hmm. of of, um, superiority of America and stuff. And David Letterman had a top 10 list of things that will now change. Mm -hmm. And I made number one on the list. Yakov Smirna will be out of work. Right. And I, I thought it was humorous, but six months later I wasn't laughing because none of my contracts in Vegas, Atlantic city, Reno, Tahoe were renewed. Mm. So I started looking for a place where they did not know that the Soviet union collapsed. (laughs) And here I am 30 (laughs) years later, they still don't know. And I'm not going to tell them. That's good. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I to, for you to find, I mean, it's, again, it, it's you. Um, I'm not sure if coming from uh, the Soviet Union to the United States or from Los Angeles to Branson, which one was a bigger transition? Uh, yeah. I, I Neither do I. Yeah, I would say it's close. All right. Well, I, I, I would look, I would go to Branson. I'm, I'm fine with that. I just got to get the old lady to sign off on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice place. It's uh, it's one of those places that you show up and you don't want to leave <laughs> because, well, because it has industry, yeah. uh, pretty big industry, showbiz, and it, it doesn't have any major uh, like studios that control everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just like Wild West. You yeah. have a shovel, you want to <laughs> dig for gold, good luck. Yeah. And uh, that's what appealed to me. I was, it was like, and it's beautiful here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it was like one of those things that when I fell in love with it, when I got here. 
Right. Um, and then before we get into the, your show, because I know you want to talk about what's going on now. I want to, you know, I'm a comedy teacher as well as being a comedian and a host of the show. Yeah. And one thing, you know, in watching these clips of you, and of course my memories uh, are very strong about, you know, those jokes. I remember these jokes that I heard years and years ago, but watching them again and, and f- from this perspective as someone who's done comedy and teaches comedy, your joke writing is really exceptional. I mean, it's so, oh, I mean, thanks. just... I mean, it's the the number of jokes you tell and the laughs are so big. It's really yeah. amazing. But I know you were uh, you know, doing comedy in Russia. And when right. you come to this, when you came to the States, did your style change or was it did sort of writing those jokes in Russian transfer to the American I, style? I think, yeah. I think it um, that was the beginning of my um so I was, uh, I started as a bar boy in upstate New York and then in the Grossinger's Hotel. And then I would watch the Catskills comedians yeah. uh, those days. And there were some <clears throat> similarities to what, you know, the Borscht Belt, that they yeah. called it, you know, was at those days with the Soviet humor, it was more you know, similar jokes, the structure of the joke was very similar. Set up, punchline. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Take my wife, please. You know (laughs) that. And so I watched that and, and then I started translating some of the jokes that I used to tell in the Soviet Union and, and they would translate some did, some did not. Yeah. And that was the beginning. But then I realized that Americans are the more storytelling. So mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I kind of stay with my life story as a theme, as a, it's not just jokes randomly, yeah. uh, but they're they're tied into my life story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's whether marrying an American woman or, uh, having kids here or, uh, you know, I have the whole, the whole show, uh, the gift of happily ever after is what I'm yeah. uh, bringing to comedy castle. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that sounds great. And I also know that you've been, uh, studying, you have advanced degrees now. Yes. Yeah. I got, I got my uh, master's degree at the university of Pennsylvania uh, in psychology. And then I got my doctorate degree in global leadership at Pepperdine university. So I kind of went on a quest, um, to not kind of big time (laughs) went on a quest (laughs) to figure out. And actually as a teacher of comedy, you will appreciate that because, you know, my goal was to understand the correlation between what happens in the beginning of the relationship, mm-hmm. romantic relationship? Um, how is it that we create so much love and laughter in the beginning? And then as the relationship progresses, laughter fades away okay. and intimacy fades away. And we kind of get too busy in our lives. And, and so that uh, like, you know, in criminal, criminal world, they say, follow the money mm-hmm. in my world. It's fo- followed the laughter. Okay. And so if the, if in the end of the relationship, there's divorce, 
the only people who are laughing are the divorce attorneys, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's kind of the contrast and happens. So that kind of what got my attention about 25 years ago, yeah. it was like, wait a minute, why is that happening to everybody? Uh, whether they get to a divorce or they just stop kind of enjoying each other yeah. I, and they still live there. But laughter dies first. And yeah. then second thing is intimacy. And third goes your house. <laughs> so, so, so I wanted to study this. And this is what my, um, those advanced degrees help yeah. me to do right. is to kind of use to do the empirical studies, do the research that proved to me that there's very simple elements uh, in how laughter is created. And we as stand-up comedians use that simple formula, every joke. Yeah. But most people don't realize what that is. Mm -hmm. So that's what made me want to do the research. And that's what I'm bringing to Comedy Castle. Right. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, I'm five years in and not married. Uh-huh. But we're, we've been dating five years. We live together. Uh-huh. We laugh a lot. Hey, I'm a comic. Yep. She says uh -huh. she's the funny one in the relationship, despite my <laughs> despite my career. Uh, and she is genuinely funny. I give her credit. She makes me laugh. So yeah, that's I'm wonderful. pretty satisfied that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess we're making it work. I don't know. Well, you're gonna find help. out when I <laughs> when I when I finish my show, you'll go, Oh, I now I see. I'll have to get her a ticket. So yeah. Or maybe yeah. she maybe she shouldn't know. Maybe only maybe I should have this knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Is that fair for me to just yeah, usually it's, couples it's, come to the show, I would think. Yes, most couples will no. get it's fun to watch couples because yeah. when they when they walk in, they're kind of disconnected, <laughs> they're busy with their lives and stuff. Unless they're just dating, yeah. right? Okay. But if yeah. they're married, yeah. you could see they're sitting kind of apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So them. you know that. But what's interesting, the, the, as I uh, continue sharing my personal experiences with with in making them laugh, their body language changes. They're 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 all, all of a sudden they're moving closer to one another, mm -hmm. and they're all now they're holding hands. And they're like putting arm around oh. one. Yeah. And it happens within like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I got to bring her to this show. It, it, it won't <laughs> hurt. It won't hurt. I mean, I'm, I'm working technically, so I won't be sitting with her, but well, you know, yeah. One way or another, I think people <laughs> get something out. Oh, like, that's great. Uh, well, and, and it's fun to, for me to watch. Yeah. That. Do you think that people, because maybe they're hearing things that you're talking about, giving examples about the way that couples interact with one another. And when they, they know that it's not just them, that this is how human beings relate exactly. to one another. And they exactly. say, okay, this guy's not so bad. It's, he's just a guy. He's just a husband. He's just, just he's a just wife. A, yeah. That's how they, that's how they act. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that is, so the ultimately, um, the formula that a simple formula is very simple. It's, it's the, what, what creates the attraction is meeting each other's needs yeah. And the humor triggers the laughter, but people attribute 
humor to be creating the laughter. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Yeah. Humor is only works when your needs are met before that. Mm. So if you have bad service in a club, let's say, and or it's hot or or people are just, you know, heckling and then the laughter is very kind of different. But when their needs are met, they're getting their drinks on time, they're they're feeling like, wow, this is a comfortable place. It's really um, conducive to and people know what they're doing then you relax and you laugh. Wow. And that's what happens in the beginning of the relationship. We need each other's needs intentionally or actually unconsciously because mother nature wants us to procreate. So it, it stacks the stacks, the deck that we are actually doing those things without understanding what we're doing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. And then, and, but as comedians, we do it consciously. We're saying, oh, this setup will, will meet their needs. And then this punchline is going to trigger the laughter. Right. And if you talk about Amway or, you know, uh, some, some stuff that they don't care about, Mm -hmm. they're not going to laugh because (laughs) you're not meeting their needs. So the punchline could be funny. Yeah. But they're not going to laugh. Well, I think in Michigan, everyone laughs about Amway because they're from here. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, they're from Grand Rapids, Amway. So they're not, uh, they own, did you you know they own everything in Grand Rapids? I did not. The Amway, if you go up there, like everything's named for that family and stuff. It's very strange. Uh You feel like you're in a cult a little bit. Well, probably not a little. Yeah. Yeah. I was also enjoying listening to you make fun of Cleveland. That was the best. Yes. Which yes, we love in Detroit too. So please <laughs> yeah. feel free to, if you're not doing that one, pull that one out because okay. uh, it'll kill in Detroit to make fun of oh, Cleveland. Oh, that's, that's great. Like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, people, yeah. people make fun of Detroit too. You know, we're yeah, not, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we get yeah. especially when you're in Detroit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's different now. How long, when was the last time you were in Detroit? Do you remember? No, I yeah. don't. It would have to be in the 80s. Yeah. Well, did you play Mark's uh, The Comedy Castle back in the 80s? Uh, no, no, I probably played the what's like Fox Theater. Oh, yeah, or something. Fox Theater. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what uh, my recollection. It would be like 83, 84. Yeah, okay. And I was selling out those places. Yeah. 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 Well, it's exciting to have you at the Comedy Castle. I mean, like I said, yeah, I it will be fun. And, all that stuff. Do you find this? Because this is, I know this from listening to Penn Gillette from the great Penn and Teller, if you know, I don't know if yes. those guys, but they say that they, you know, they have this Vegas show and they've been running yes. in Vegas for 30 years or something. They say they yeah. go on the road as yeah. a way to attract people to come to Vegas. If that makes sense. They go to mm-hmm. Detroit, yeah. they do a show, they tell their friends, oh, if you ever go to Vegas, you see Penn and Teller. We saw them in Detroit, but now they're in Vegas. And that, that sort of works that way. I don't know if that's a no, if that's not by design for, on your part. No, no, no. For me, I'm hoping for younger audience okay. that I have in Branson. Ah. So I can test this um, happily ever after um, to uh, in front of a younger audience. Okay. That was my motivation right. to go there well it's it's going to be a great time over there and uh, people should uh 
come on out and, uh, you know, uh, enjoy Yakov. And of course, you are laugh. going. To, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> they can laugh. They can come and laugh their Yakov. <laughs> and there are just because uh, I know uh, people like uh, who maybe did haven't been to Branson to see what you've been doing. You got to have uh, some of the these Russian jokes in there, right? They're, they're going to oh, be in the show. Uh, I, I'm kind of. You know, yeah. it's my life story. Yeah. So there's there's enough of everything yeah. there, yeah. Uh, and and it's enough to uh, satisfy. It's like the the, the Yakov's greatest hit. So <laughs> so we don't disappoint the audience. Yeah. That we don't play the cover cover <laughs> album. You know, yeah, right? Yeah, people want to hear those jokes when they come. Exactly. And exactly. it's you know, I mean, are you when people uh, sort of do. Because I was reading, I mean, I, I went real deep on this interview about, you know, sort of what's called the Russian reversal joke. I don't even know if yes, you understand yes. that. How, how does that make oh, you yeah. feel? Do you feel like that's a tribute to you? And, and yeah, that shows yeah. like uh, how memorable that sort of style that you were doing in the 80s was? Or do you feel yeah. like people are making fun of you or not really? Oh, no. no? I, I, God bless him. I mean, yeah. the I started it. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I. I mean, that was uh, probably the most successful thing that I done in yeah. the beginning of my career is that uh, Miller Lite commercial. Yeah, right. I watched that too today. It was great. Yeah. So yeah. in America, you can always find a party. In Russia, party always finds you, right? <laughs> yeah. So that was the first reversal joke. And then Jay Leno started making fun of it, saying, <laughs> in, in America, you drive the car in Russia car drives you, yeah. you know? And yeah. So, so people are making those jokes up. Very few of them are actually funny <laughs> in terms of, in terms of being clever. Mm -hmm. Uh, very few, Yeah. but, uh, but the style yeah, will be attributed to me and I go, okay, yeah. Hey, listen, if I can be famous for something, this is not the worst thing to be famous for. That's right. I'd be proud of that. And I'm that. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, it's it's it is funny when you watch the stuff and, and you know, I was watching might have been your first Carson and there isn't a Russian reversal joke really in, in that set. I no. think by that. Yeah. It started with the beer commercial. That's interesting. Yeah. But but, okay. the, but the reason I got the Carson show was beer commercial. Oh, I got. It. OK. Yeah. Because yeah. I was I was trying for six years to get on. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jim McCauley was the. Uh, the, the booker for comedy segments and he just didn't think that Carson is going to like me. Yeah. And so six years he would come to the comedy store and watch me and then tell me, no, no, it ain't going to happen. And then last time he came there was like, um, he said, Jakob, let's just make it easier on you and me he said, you're going to get on that show when the hell freezes over <laughs> so i started watching weather channel <laughs> just in case right and and so i i let it go and then i did that miller light commercial mm -hmm. i did uh moscow and hudson yeah. with robin williams yeah. i mean my career moved on i did a couple of night courts so i was i was fine and then i was um in uh club i think it was north carolina or somewhere i was uh playing and and uh, i get a phone call or message that to call mitzi mm -hmm. so i called the comedy show and he said 
guess who called? <laughs> I go, uh, I don't know who it's in. He said, Macaulay, he's such an asshole. <laughs> you know, he finally wants you to be on the show because Carson saw your commercial and yeah. he thinks you're funny. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it happened, wow. you know? Yeah. yeah. Johnny yeah. had so much power over comedy then. I don't know if that was oh, good or bad. Goodness. I, you know, looking back on it, if that was the way, I mean, so many people got famous doing it, but it, it, it crushed a lot of people's dreams. I, you know, you hear those stories. Of people well, who I was, it, yeah. I was not, you know, not part of that yeah. group until, until he saw it. And then I did my first set and I, I don't know if you watched it on YouTube. I sat down. And I said, uh, he called me over, mm -hmm. uh, which I didn't expect. But then I sat down and I said, I love America because you have things we never had in Russia. Like policemen have warning shots. <laughs> and he almost fell over <laughs> off the chair. And, and we went to a commercial and Macaulay comes over and sits between me and, and Johnny and and goes, so Yaakov, can you do another set like this in a month or so? Wow. I yeah. said, how about when the hell freezes <laughs> over? There you go. So he laughed, and I did seven seven uh, times I did that show. Nice. And, um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, like I said, it's a real pleasure talking to you and been such a fan. And, uh, you know, that's one yeah. of the great things about me getting into comedy is I'm meeting people and working with people that I yeah. never thought I'd meet. And then, you know, there they pass away. I mean, I was lucky. I, I got to spend a, when he was at the club, I spent a little bit of time with Louie Anderson and I was uh -huh. just so thrilled. Louie was my mom's favorite comic. And yeah. just, it was like, Oh, it was great. Yeah. One of the, you know, one of the things when people so, say, don't meet your idols and I go, no, some of the times they're pretty cool people. <laughs> so are you still, are you still nervous? Talking um, to me? Only a little still? bit. I think this really? went pretty well. I don't know how okay, you think. Okay. I don't know what you're I thinking. I would agree. Yes. I think you're really good. You're really good to have a conversation, which is well, thank great. Thank you. Well, thank you. That's, that's exactly great. that's what your skill set mm -hmm. is, which is wonderful. Okay, now I'm now I'm really nervous because you're saying I'm good at something. Oh, now I'm really okay. freaking you, out. <laughs> you suck. You suck, man. Well, listen. I'm going to do this, and this is why I really suck. Because, you know, I want people to listen to this show. Because in America, we listen to podcasts, Yakov. There you go. And in As Soviet Russia, <laughs> listen to you. Yes, of course. That's right. Go. And uh, it's pretty accurate. It yes. is. Well, thank you. Uh, Yakov, like, again, I can't say enough. What a thrill. I'm so happy you're coming Thanks. to the Comedy Castle and I get to meet you in person. And that yes. whole thing. And uh, really looking forward to the show. Sounds great. Thanks Sounds so great. much. Thanks so much, Yakov. Take you care, bet. buddy. Uh, All right. Bye-bye. So, yeah, I, I was uh, <laughs> hearing uh, that Yakov said I was good at this <laughs> really did something to me. It did something to me emotionally. I'm not going to lie. When he said I was a good interviewer and he enjoyed talking to me, I was I was like, wow, that's that's high praise, man. And he said he was I talked to everybody. He just heard it. I don't need to. I'm getting emotional re <laughs> remembering when he said that to me, so. Ah, uh, Yakov Smirnov, man, a legend at the Comedy Castle this Sunday, 5 p.m. Get your tickets. And um, man, should I go to Branson? That's what I'm thinking now. I'm thinking I might go. 
You know, like a summer road trip, right? It's warm in the Ozarks in the summer. Do some swimming. Go see Yakov at the theater. It'd be fun. So thanks to Yakov again. Ryan Niemiller, of course, uh, our weekend headliner. And again, nice. Such a cool guy. Loved hearing uh, the, the, the Chris Jericho stuff. Richard Grieco is his fan. I mean, come on. I couldn't even top that. Sometimes we have these conversations. I go, yeah, you know this guy, I know this guy. Like I said, I got hit with a chair by a wrestler, and that's true. And that did suck. But I, Richard Grieco don't know who the hell I am, and I wish I knew Richard Grieco. So I'm officially jealous of Ryan Niemiller. Catch him this weekend. It's going to be a great show. Uh, five of those. Yakov Smirnoff on Sunday. It's going to be a great weekend. Thanks, you guys, for listening to this show. Thanks to everybody at the Comedy Castle who makes this happen, too. We got such a great crew. Uh, the the fans are great. Our crew's great right now. Comedy is comedy is large in our culture, and I'm proud to be part of it. And I'm thankful for you guys listening. We'll catch you next time. All right. Good night.